This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us for the very first time, we welcome you today. We are so glad you are worshiping with us. By now, I imagine many of you have received the letter uh, that was sent out this past week regarding plans for reopening our sanctuary for worship. Though nothing can be set in stone, it is our deep hope that we will be able to return to in-person worship in the sanctuary starting September 13th. I know that for some of you, this news was really disappointing and very sad. I know that our sanctuary is a place of deep importance for many of you. The feeling you have when worshiping there, the sense you have of God there, um, cannot be replaced, and we know that there are many who are disappointed. I also know that for some of you, this date seems too early because you are already well aware that even in September, you will not be able to come to worship for any number of reasons. For others of you, I imagine this date feels just right. Uh, there is some caution and some hope, but it provides a light at the end of a long tunnel. Whatever your reaction has been to this target date, I want to assure you that your voice and your views were shared by the members of the session who made this decision. We see you, we hear you, we love you, and you are absolutely a part of our conversation getting to this point. I do wanna let you know that we will continue to offer online worship in this format throughout the summer and throughout this time apart. We are also going to be offering uh, opportunities to gather in person, whether in fellowship or some short prayer or worship services. We are looking at calendars and putting those plans together now. If you would like to stay up to date with those opportunities, which I hope you will, and you are not already subscribed to our church emails, I'm going to encourage you to do that. Uh, you can do that on our homepage, mpcusa.org. At the bottom, there is a place where you can subscribe to our emails to stay up to, up to date with all that is happening in the life of our church. We do look forward to seeing you. I can't tell you how much we miss you, how much we um, miss being together and singing together and worshiping together. We long to be with you. And like Paul, who longed to be with his friends in the Philippian church, we too long for the day when we can worship together again. As we continue our journey in Paul's letter to the Philippians and prepare our hearts for worship, I invite you to consider the longings of your own heart today. I invite you to lift those up to God and I invite you to open your heart to the ways that God's spirit might be calling you to a greater awareness of yourself and a greater understanding of God's world. Let us prepare our hearts for worship.
please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me in our responsive call to worship. O Lord, our God, how majestic is your name. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Your majesty is the music of the starry skies. Your sovereignty is the dance of the seas and the hills. O Lord, our God, how majestic is your name. Even children of dust can sing your praise. Let us worship God together. Friends, all too often we tell God we will do better and that we will be better, yet we continue to live our lives the way we always have. But let this be a time where we come before God and tell God of our faults and our faithlessness so that we may be forgiven and live and work in the kingdom of grace and hope. Let us confess our sins using the prayer of confession as it is printed in your home worship bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. We want to be the fountains of hope for others, O God, but our hearts remain hardened to the ones you call us to serve. We would like to be transformed people, O God, but our stubborn pride prevents us from bending a knee to you. We long to stand with those who are in need, but our selfishness keeps our backs rigid in judgment. Forgive us, God, who come down to us. Humble us, that we might be true servants to the broken and the oppressed and the lost. Split open our frozen hearts, that compassion might flow freely to those who are hurting. Fill our minds with the presence of your Spirit, that we might learn how to follow Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, into that kingdom of grace and hope. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. In Christ, God's plan for salvation was accomplished. You are forgiven. You are made new. And we will complete God's joy by sharing Christ's compassion, forgiveness, and justice with the world. Together, let us proclaim the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. Good morning, my young friends. It is such a delight to be with you again. I wanted to update you about something I find so exciting. I don't know if you have been to our prayer garden lately, but it is looking awesome. And I tried to actually record this children's time at the church in front of our prayer garden this past week. But do you know what? There was so much activity around there. The food center was open. There was construction going on. It was gonna be way too noisy and way too much activity for me to be able to do something without getting distracted by all the excitement that was going on. I was reminded just how much our church is open. Even though we are not able to gather together in our building, I was reminded of the people who are showing up and being the church in this world. And I know in the ways you are able right now, you are doing that too. And I am so grateful for the ways that you, you are being the church.
and sharing the love of God's church, even in this time when we can't be together. There are a couple pictures that my friend Damon is going to help me share with you right now. And they are pictures of the prayer garden so you can see how it looks. And if you haven't had a chance to go there yet with your family and put a prayer for our community or our world or for you and your family on that fence, I hope you will do that soon and continue to encourage others to do that. But for now, I just want to give thanks for our church family that prays together, that worships together, that continues to show up and to be the church, even in this time that we are apart. So I hope you will pray with me and give thanks right alongside me. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you that the church is open even when the building is closed. Help us to be the church in every way you call us, even in this time apart. Amen. I am so grateful for each of you. I miss you. I love you. I long to be with you again soon. I'll see you soon. As we approach a time now for the hearing of scripture, let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. Our scripture passage for this morning comes from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Listen for the word of the Lord. If, then, there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you not look to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself, and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, 
and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we continue our journey through Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. This is a letter that Paul writes from prison to a church full of folks he dearly loves. It is a letter of friendship, one of care and concern for the people in Philippi, and also a letter where Paul is writing with instructions for how they are called to be living in faith together. Last week, we discussed Paul's prayer in chapter 1, where he prayed that the Philippians would let their love overflow into the world. I pray that your love will become so great, so abundant that you will lose control of your love, that it will become unboundaried, that the limits that you have set on your love before will wash away because you know that God cannot be contained. The love of God cannot be diminished. It cannot be harnessed. And it ought not to be boundaried, even within yourself. Today, we are honing in on chapter 2, when Paul calls upon the church to be of one mind, to share the same love, that overflowing love, but also to be in full accord with one another. Now, some of us might hear this text and immediately wonder what crazy dream Paul had to imagine that folks in the church could be of one mind. This leads me to believe that Paul has never been to a church committee meeting. Paul has never attempted to pick out new carpet for the lounge. Paul has never tried to navigate the barrage of opinions and medical advice related to a global pandemic. Come on, Paul. We Presbyterians, we attempt to be decent and in order, but we are absolutely democratic in nature. Everyone gets an opinion. Everyone's voice gets to be heard. Every opinion has a chance to be shared. Be of one mind. You are dreaming. This is never going to happen. And even if we don't look at the church, look around the country right now, there, there are radically different opinions about the nature of the protests going on around our country right now. There are radically different opinions about decisions that need to be made regarding this global pandemic. There are radically different opinions absolutely everywhere. As Barbara Walters might say, welcome to 2020, Paul. Be of one mind? Not a chance. The interesting thing, though, is that we actually really like to be of one mind. Just not in the way Paul's talking about it. We all really like to fill our lives, fill our TVs, fill our news feeds with people who are of the same mind as us. Humor me here for a second. How many of you, if you were to open your Facebook page, how many of you basically see a litany of people who generally agree with you, who are generally like you? 
who are of the same mind as you. Sure, there may be a few exceptions, but that's because your cousin would have been offended if you didn't accept his friend request and because, you know, you assumed that old buddy from high school would still share the same worldviews as you today. Boy, were you wrong about that one. But not to worry, at least you can unfollow that annoying friend or that off-the-deep-end cousin without actually unfriending them. Back to the same mind. One mind. The way we like it. You might have seen this coming, but unfortunately, Paul doesn't really care about our Facebook feeds. Paul doesn't really even care about our news sources. What Paul cares about is the mind and heart of Christ. Paul cares about what Jesus would say. He cares about what Jesus would do. And he cares about whether the church is willing to think and speak and act with the mind and heart of Christ. Also, unfortunately, the Bible does not have chapters on international pandemics and systemic racism to tell us what to do in our time. And yet, and yet, what Jesus does say very clearly is whatever you did to one of the least of these, you did to me. Jesus does say, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus does say, Woe to you, Pharisees and scribes and hypocrites, you who tithe with mint and dill and cumin. You have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. This past week, in a conversation about the death of George Floyd and the protests that have happened these past two weeks, the question was raised. Where do you think Jesus would be these past two weeks? What do you think Jesus would say? What do you think Jesus would do? And why do you think he would say those things and do those things and be in the places that he would be? Be of the same mind. Share the same love. Be of one accord. Be of the mind and heart of Jesus. You know, I learned something new this week. I learned that this passage in Paul's letter to the Philippians, this passage, or at least a portion of this passage, shows up two different times in the lectionary every single year. And remember, the lectionary is that three-year rotation of texts for preaching and for, for devotion. We often use it in the mainline church and in our denomination, the PCUSA. Some passages in Scripture never show up in the lectionary, not in all three years of that cycle. But this one shows up twice every Year. There is one year it even shows up a third time, but I primarily want to focus on the two times it shows up each year. The first time it appears in the lectionary is right after Christmas. 
right along with when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place that the Lord has made known to us. And the second time it appears in the lectionary every year is during the Passion Narrative in Lent. Right along with then one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I betray him to you? And they paid him thirty pieces of silver. Be of the same mind, having the same love, be in full accord and of one mind. I, I don't think it's any mistake that this passage comes up at Jesus' birth and also as he approaches his death. It bookends the life of Jesus reminding us of the unity required the same mind required, the love required, the life required that Jesus lived from his birth to his death. And it reminded me of this same call for our lives from birth to death. Be of the same mind, having the same overflowing love, being in full accord and of one mind. Be of the mind of Jesus. Be of the heart of Jesus. Journey where that mind takes you. Have compassion and mercy where that heart takes you. Ask yourself again and again, where would Jesus be in this world? Where would Jesus have been these past two weeks? And if you know the answer, if in the depths of your soul you know the answer to that question and your news source doesn't match it, or your Facebook feed tells a different story, or your own actions preach a different mind and a different heart, perhaps you are choosing the same mind, but you are choosing the wrong mind. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord with the only one who matters. The one who came into this world in flesh and blood and lived and died in that same world with the same mind and the same heart that we are called to emulate. Whatever you did to one of the least of these, you did it unto me. Amen. Please turn to your home worship bulletin and join me as we affirm our faith through the words from our denomination's brief statement of faith. Together, let us state what we believe. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith, sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together 
with all believers in the one body of Christ, the church. The same spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through scripture, engages us through the word proclaimed, claims us in the waters of baptism, feeds us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation, and calls women and men to all ministries of the church. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of peoples long silenced, and to work with others for justice freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, come, Lord Jesus. My friends, as we long to be together, and long even more to be the people that God has created us to be. Let us prepare our hearts to turn to God in prayer. At this time, we invite you to take out your home worship bulletin. As we pause for prayer, we invite you to take out a piece of paper and a pen or turn to those who you are worshiping alongside today and answer at least one of the following questions as we prepare to turn to God in prayer. The first question is, if Jesus were alive today, where do you think Jesus would have been in the past two weeks? The second question has two parts. The first part is, how have you been of the same mind as Christ lately? And the second part is, how have you been of a different mind? And the third question is, how might you allow the mind of Jesus and the heart of Jesus to flow through you in the week to come? We encourage you to pause the video to sit with these questions for a few minutes. And when you're done writing or sharing with the people who you are worshiping alongside, feel free to turn the video back on and we will enter into a time of prayer together. Let us pray. Christ, your call for unity seemed to always come when we are most divided. We come to you in prayer this morning, bringing with us the barriers of our racial injustice, the veils that keep us from seeing clearly how to act during the coronavirus, the stones that we stumble over when trying to come close to you, even within ourselves, it is hard to be content as our minds race and our hearts burst. We are worried about the health and safety of ourselves and family members. We throw out our hands in the air, wondering how to respond in our historical time. We grieve that we cannot gather together in our sanctuary, hearing the organ, singing hymns, 
staring up at stained glass windows from our spot in the pew. And yet, even through all of this, you are there, God, on the other side of it all, in, in the middle of it all, calling us always back to you. For you, O oh God, our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, you are our life and light. You build bridges over barriers. You shine light in the darkness. You guide our feet on your path to, towards justice. Your spirit rushes to meet us where we are, surrounds us in our grief, and lifts our eyes to your presence in the present and your hope for the future. Christ, who is in the heart of us all, guide our mind to be in you. Let us be the encouragement in our communities, the consolation to the suffering, the sharing of the Spirit to all that are open, the compassion and sympathy for the world, so that we may make your joy complete, may be of the same mind, having the same love, and be in full accord with you and all your creation. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. My friends, as we go out into this world, may we do so with the same mind, with the same love that overflows. May we be in full accord with the only one who matters. And may we follow wherever he leads. And as we go, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, be with those whom you're called to love, this day and forevermore. Amen. Thank you.